The following is a presentation of the WRBB Sports Podcast Network. It is time for yet another episode of the Brookline Baseball Club presented by WRBB Sports and the WRBB Podcast Network. I am Colin Kapoor, joined as always by Peyton Doyle. Peyton, how are you doing today on this fine Friday afternoon? It's a fine day today. Weather, great. You know, feeling great. Major League Baseball, back. Yankees continues. What? Um, Great day. Everything's going well. Good day. Good day. How about you? Yep. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I woke up just a few minutes ago, so we're 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 having a That's having a solid true. time. Yeah, no, I, it's not. I was just trying to figure out something to say. I, you know, it's uh, yeah, you know, I, I I ate breakfast. I had a bagel. It had some peanut butter on it. It was solid. Um, but Ooh. other than that, you know, it's time to talk about some Northeastern baseball. This is, of course, your one-stop shop for all Northeastern baseball content and Northeastern. They've, they've been in a bit of a rough stretch over the past week since we last spoke. Our last episode was with Jacob Kaismore of Elon University previewing this weekend series. And so that's the series starting today on April 8th and going until April 10th. So go back to that one if you want a preview of that series. Um, that was our previous episode with Jacob Kaismore student over there at Elon. But recapping the past week of games for Northeastern, they had their second conference series against William & Mary. And then the baseball being punched a few days ago on Tuesday at Boston College. They lost the first two against William and Mary, um, two, six to two on game one, four to three game two. Then they won three to two on the Sunday uh, finale of the series and then lost the baseball being plus semifinal, uh, four to two. I was at um, the, the William and Mary series. I watched um, the Northeastern offense, you know, it was, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough though, but just your initial reactions, Payne, to the past stretch of games uh, for Northeastern. Yeah, not much offense really going on. You know, I mean, less than three runs in the last four games. That is definitely not what you want if you are a Glavin. They left a lot of guys on base in that William Mary series. I think it was 21 in total. They had just three hits in one of those games. It's They've really been struggling and the pitching has been all right. You know, They've been pretty solid, but not good enough to really help when this offense is scoring, you know, two or three runs a game. Yeah, we'll just go through game by game. The first game was the Friday game. Cam Schliller was on the bump for that one. And he had a pretty shaky outing, uh, to be honest. He, he went four innings, six earned runs, eight hits, only two strikeouts. And he gave up a run early in that game, put Northeastern down one, but then they came back with a run of their own. And it was tied going to the third inning, and then it kind of fell apart for Cam Schlittler, giving a three-run homer to David Hogarth of William & Mary, and that just opened the floodgates. They, they were up 6-1 to one after that fourth inning, and then they managed to get one out on an RBI ground up, but after that, uh, that, that, was, that was about it. The bullpen shined for Northeastern. The one great spot was Nick Davis pitching four scoreless out of the pen, two strikeouts. I talked to Michael Lavin after that game, and he said Nick Davis – He's the one guy that gave them a chance to win, kept them in that game after Schlitter had a, had a shaky outing. And Nick Davis, he looked really good. I think he's someone we talked about, maybe the other arms in this bullpen having to take shoulder more of a load as we get into conference play and as we get into starters, maybe starting to get uh, pushed out of games early because of just, you know, working working counts against her. Schiller had 75 pitches in those four innings. So he, he was chased uh, very early. Nick Davis pitched really well out of the bullpen for 
Uh, William and Mary, uh, Zach Sakunis, uh, five and a third innings, uh, one run, three walks, three Ks, two hits. He was really good against Northeastern. And also for Northeastern, they weren't able to steal any bases. They, they really got away from their identity um, there. They, and they couldn't really get back to it. They weren't, they were trying to play the small ball game, but they really couldn't get runners over. They couldn't steal bases. And they just kind of, they kind of were outclassed in their own game. And in that first game, this one very. Yeah, just want to focus on the good things here. Davis, his best outing of the season, he's hasn't really got that many chances to pitch after being one of the solid believers last year. But yeah, four scoreless. The offense was not what was happening. You know, that's all that's all I can say. They got down early and they stayed down. They didn't fight back at all. You know, they lost seven guys on base, three hits as a team, and just all around really struggling you know Mike Sroda hasn't really been as consistent as he was to start the season slowing down he did not have a hit I don't believe in that game or I apologize he was one of the few batters to get a hit really just all around offense not doing very well and that continued into the second game as well yeah, talking about that second game, that was a that was a four three loss, and that was kind of a heartbreaker for Northeastern. They were, they had the lead for for a while in that game. Actually, no, they never had the lead. I should say they they tied it up in the fifth. I'm thinking of a different game, but they tied it up in the fifth, and uh, it was three three going to the ninth. They gave up a run in the ninth inning. That was a it was a tough ninth inning uh, for Northeastern. That was Eric Yost. He was he came in in relief with Sebastian Keen, and Keen had a solid outing. He gave he gave up three runs in six and the third innings, but. What really stood out to me was how he battled back after the first couple of innings of this game, uh, gave up two runs in the second and had 40 pitches through two innings. And then he managed to get back in and pitch into the seventh inning. So a solid start for Keen, but Eric Yost coming out of the bullpen in this one wasn't able to uh, shut down in the ninth inning. And then Northeastern, they would have had a walk-off through run homer, but a fantastic uh, home run robbing catch in left field on the bottom of the ninth inning kind of uh, took away the, the wind out of their sails. A home run in the ninth inning, that was uh, Matt Thomas against Eric Yost, which put them up top. And that was that was just, he belted that pitch. It hit off the like the light pole and made a really loud sound. Um, and, and then of course, one thing to note here, they all three of their runs came because of sacrifice bunts. They, they could not get hits with runners in scoring position. I asked Glavin about this. He said, yeah, we, I, he was like, I know our offense just isn't working, so we we had we have to manufacture runs. And I, I asked him, I was like, is this a sustainable thing? And he's like, no, like we, we have to be able to you know actually get this with runners scoring position. This is the game we were talking about, Peyton, where they left ten runners on base. Danny Cross and goes zero for four, leaving five on base by himself. So it's a really tough, uh, a really tough game for the offense. Special Keen looked good. He he got back got back up after a, a solid start last start. So positive wise, I mean, Keen's doing well, but you're not going to win games if you score three runs a game. You're just not. No, it crossed a really struggle, but two guys who had solid games just despite the rest of the team, Max Vieira and Ducaisin each had multi-hit games. You know, they're being, they're pretty consistent. You know, Maxine has been a great transfer ad. Vieira is really solidifying his role on the team. It's just they shouldn't have had to leave it up to that they're on home run to within the game. You know, they had lots of opportunities early on and couldn't get him to connect. It's just small ball is fun. You know, it's great. It's nice to see some sacrifice buttons getting runs in. But once you're down to relying on that, you have a whole lot of issues. And, you know, just even though they won the third game, 
I don't really feel like a lot of those issues were addressed. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing uh, in, in that third game was getting on the board early. They had an extra base hit by Max Fierro to score two runs in that fourth inning. They scored three total in the fourth. And then, I mean, Wyatt Scotty is, is the de facto stopper of this rotation. He stopped losing streaks, I think, two or three times so far in, in this season. He's 6-1 and one on the year. Another fantastic outing for Wyatt Scotty, making his case for the best pitcher in the CAA. Eight innings pitched, two runs, seven Ks on 98 pitches. That is something that that is, it's just incredible. Uh, Thomas Balboni came in in the ninth with um, with a one-run lead. He, it was shaky. It was definitely shaky. He uh, hit one batter, walked a batter, uh, but they got out of it. He he got the save on a, on a game-winning strikeout, uh, 25 pitches in the inning. So they, they managed to win. Balboni's got five saves on the year. He, he's, been a, he's been a really good closer for this team, but the offense, you know, they, they had an extra base hit in this one, which which is good, which is what you want to see. They they are able to get big hits with runners in scoring position, but you know, it, it's just been a really tough start to conference play uh, for Northeastern, and they, you know, they can't rely on Bride Scotty or their pitchers to go eight innings and give up less than two runs every single start. Yeah, and with the offense, you know, they they've been pretty inconsistent just on base team. But they had a lot of walks in most of this preliminary series. Some games they had more walks than hits. But here they had seven hits to just one walk. And it just seems like they can't put everything together at the same time offensively. And they're getting hits. It's great. But, you know, they, they need more. They need more. You can't just put everything on Scotty. You know, he gave up two runs. It'd be terrible if he lost the game going up two runs, you know. But that is something that is very feasible for this team. And then it seemed like they kind of lost all their hitting juice going to this BC game where, you know, Crossan hit a home run in the fourth inning, gave him two runs early. You know, they had the lead, and then it was kind of just dead the rest of the way. Yeah, Crossan coming back from injury back at first base. He's played in five games. Northeastern is two for 19 in those five games, but does have a home run that was so maybe he's getting back up there uh, in that in the most recent game against BC Northeastern uh, is playing against Elon uh, this weekend. So maybe we'll see crossing um, start to get a little hotter, but he started off cold. It makes sense coming back from injury and the entire offense is kind of cold. So a, a couple of lineup shifts as well for Northeastern in this BC game, Luke Beckstein batted the leadoff. He, he, he had a walk. Um, went 0 for 2, though, and they, they put Jeff Costello at DH, uh, had him bat fifth, and Max Vieira down at seventh. Um, so some lineup uh, changed Mike Sirota, who bat, batted leadoff uh, in one of the games against William & Mary, or maybe two of the games. Um, actually, yeah, two of the games, and he, uh, he he was down to batting second. He went 0 for 4 against BC. So Glavin just trying to find some stuff in the lineup, trying to shift some things around, but like they're getting on base, like 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 you were talking about, Peyton. Like they're getting on base when they're stealing bases. Um, they're they're getting runners in scoring position, but they're just not getting those big hits. And and that's something that we talked about kind of ad nauseum throughout the entire season. But it still bears repeating because you know at some point, in, especially you know Northeastern, they're one in five in conference play right now. Like they're in the bottom of their conference, um, and. This is a team that was projected to finish first in the conference, a team that finished first in the conference last year and ran away with it last year. So the, the, obviously they're, they're trying to adapt a new identity, but something isn't working and th there has to be a way to, to figure something out here. Yeah. I mean, walks are great, but you can't, you're, you're never going to see a team walk in a runner. 
you know, that just doesn't really happen. Even at the college level, it's, it just isn't happening. You know, I'm, I appreciate Glavin trying to mix things up with the starting lineup, but seven of the nine starters for his players went without a hit. We had Drachi come off the bench. He's a pitch hitter from two at-bats. He didn't have a hit. So eight of their 10 guys who got play appearances didn't get a single hit in this game, which is – you just cannot be, have, be having that. I don't know if it's they're all something at the same time or they're all uncomfortable with where they're hitting or where they're in the field, but definitely can't be having that. And then, you know, they had a lead going in to the fifth inning there – or the fourth inning, rather, and then Colerin – pretty shaky. He did have two runs in the fourth. And then you have Langan come in and he is a two runs. So there goes your lead. And, you know, you're not going to win a game if you only score two runs in one inning. And it's just, I'm really hoping they turn things around for Elon, but Elon has one of the better pitching staffs in the conference, like Jacob Kaisemar talked about last week. And it's to be, to be a tough time for Northeastern this weekend. Yeah, going back to the the pitching in that BC game, it was a bullpen game for Northeastern with Eric Yost coming out of the pen, pitching two and two-thirds inning earlier um, uh, in the weekend against William and Mary. So it was a scheduled bullpen game. Jordy Allard, three fantastic innings, scoreless 4Ks, and then Dennis Collar comes in for the fourth. You would think kind of a lower leverage situation for Collar, right? It's not a late-in situation. You're only up by two, but this is, this is a pitcher who has been shaky. He throws 33 pitches in this inning, walks two, gets up three hits, two runs allowed. And like you said, the lead just uh, evaporates from there. Owen Langan comes in for the next inning, uh, two hits or one hit, two runs. That was a crossing or uh, not the crossing home. Run. That was a homer given up by Owen Langan, but uh, it was just a, it was just a, the, the bullpen couldn't handle it. Uh, I surprised we didn't see any more Nick Davis in this one. I would think that maybe they're trying to save him for the conference, but in a bullpen game, he, he, he spun four very solid innings uh, earlier, maybe trying to conserve his arm, but, you know, other, other than those two shaky innings, Northeastern's bullpen looked really good. Jake Gigliotti came in for two innings, struck out three. Eric Yost came in again, struck out two uh, to close off that one. But Northeastern, they lost um, four to two. So it's just been a really tough, uh, it's been a really tough uh, stretch, conference stretch. I mean, we, we, we've kind of talked about, like, as we get into conference play, that teams, they, they kind of know each other's tendencies. It's It becomes more of a, a struggle, especially with starting pitchers going uh, or getting pushed earlier. So, I think we're going to see I – don't, I don't see how, like, a team like Elon or they're, they're going at JMU in a few weeks or they're going to be – they have a huge road stretch here coming up April 12th through April 24th. They're all on the road. And then they come back against UConn on April 26th. So they – Mike Levin talked about before the William & Mary series that he's like, we have two home conference series. We played really well at home last year. This should be something that we really excel in. And they lost the series against William & Mary. They got the series against Elon now. So – it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see uh, how they respond, especially against a really solid pitching staff like you're talking about Elon. Yeah, maybe just the cold weather that I used to, but they play Massachusetts. I don't know what's going on. The weather's been fine. Um, yeah, they're usually great at home. I just don't know. I don't know. I they have to do something to get those bats going. Maybe they have to like I don't know, all wear stirrups or all just go like backwards hats when they play. Maybe everyone needs to wear eye black. They need to all do something as a team and fix this thing. You know, we're we're down to just getting some good superstitions going. Find what the juju is right and just go for that because that's the only way this offense is going to be fixed at this point. Yeah, and I mean, we we saw Danny Cross and hit the homer. Maybe his uh, insertion back in the lineup will get some more pop going. 
But other than that, there really hasn't been any power in this lineup. Mike Sirota kind of has pretty much cooled off after a really hot start to the season. But um, we're, we're not going to see a, a lot of power. Maybe Danny Crossing can, can get back up there. But this was a, this was a fairly quick episode here of the Brookline Baseball Club, just recapping the William & Mary series and the baseball beatball semifinal against BC. We're going to be back recapping the Elon series uh, in a couple of days, maybe uh, next week uh, before WRBB Sports. Colin Kapoor, Peyton Dora, listen to our other podcasts. We have a bunch of them. Bean Pod, um, Husky Hoops, like you guys like recorded yesterday, maybe. Um, and there's probably more, but you know, you can, Raise you can the find those. Yeah, that one, of course. Um, and you know, if you see us around campus, give us a shout. We'll sign autographs. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Kapoor, Payne at whatever his Twitter handle is, Payne Doyle yep. 18, maybe. Uh, it's uh, Payton C. Doyle. What does the C stand for? Is it Charlie? Um, it's my middle name, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Wow. Okay. No, no, You're pretty close, though. Then. You're close. Uh, Cassius. Nope. You're okay, actually farther away now. We're going to end the podcast here. Thank you for listening to the Brookline Baseball Club. Um, stay happy out there, folks. Bye.